Hi, and welcome to episode three of Pillsbury's Industry Insights Podcast, where we discuss current legal and practical issues in finance and related sectors. I'm Joel Simon, a finance partner at the international law firm Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman. We hope from wherever you are listening, you are safe and healthy. Today, I'm joined by Craig Saperstein, a partner in Pillsbury's public policy group who helps clients develop and implement strategies for dealing with federal and state governments on a variety of issues, including financial services. Craig also is a featured speaker on Pillsbury's Washington Weekly Briefing every Wednesday at noon. Hey, Joel. Thanks so much for having me today. Craig, it's great to be speaking with you. With all the regulations coming out of Washington these days, your phone must be ringing off the hook. Yeah, you know, Joel, it really is an exciting time. Uh... To be a lawyer lobbyist, uh, you know, work, working in the public policy arena. Well, as we know, the big news for the past few weeks has been about borrowers tapping into SBA loans and the anticipation of borrowing under the Main Street Business Lending Program. There's been a mad scramble to submit applications and obtain funds before the well runs dry. But as borrowers look closely at the parameters for eligibility and certifications that had to be made, issues started to crop up. Yeah, you know, Joel, uh, it, it, we've actually had some very interesting issues that have come up. You know, it, it's going to take some time to determine just how much transparency there actually will be with respect to the spending of all of these literally trillions of dollars of federal funds related to COVID-19. Uh, and there's certainly no doubt that the CARES Act uh, contains a bunch of provisions that, that seek to ensure that transparency. But some of these Strange issues have really hit me over the head over the past couple of days as I've received some interesting inquiries. In one case, uh, the owners of a, of a borrower of a PPP loan, that's SBA Paycheck Protection Loan, that they had received to cover their payroll and other expenses, expressed some concern to us about some unwanted public scrutiny. We explained that while there are currently no significant disclosure mechanisms in place, such as a simple list of payroll protection loan recipients, uh, which some people have been calling for. That information certainly could be gleaned through a Freedom of Information Act request or obtained by identifying the borrower via its employee identification number, which is something that is being made public. There certainly are legitimate concerns about being scrutinized for these types of loans and other financing that companies are receiving. Sure. And and I know we've seen a lot of press coverage recently on some high-profile companies that gave back their loans last week and others that declined to do so uh, when publicly confronted. So it's certainly an issue that's in the public eye. Yeah, there really has been a a significant public reaction on these issues, and that really can be a powerful incentive for companies to change course. Another company that reached out to me asked me just the other day if it actually should give back the loan it received out of concern that the SBA guidance that it had previously relied upon in obtaining the loan now actually appears to have been overridden by a subsequent guidance. With the changing expectations comes changing calculus for for these clients. And Joel, of course, you and I spoke to another company in the past few days who asked whether proposed changes to to its accounting methods that could make it eligible for a federal loan could subject it to unnecessary scrutiny or even potentially legal liability. And they sought advice from us on potential, potential ways to address those risks. So it sounds, Craig, like even though federal loans and grants are providing a lifeline, companies are waking up to the reality that when you're dealing with the federal government, there are always strings attached. There are always strings attached and there is always bureaucracy. Our job really is to kind of minimize that risk by helping lenders and and borrowers ensure that the loans are legally compliant, 
that the borrowers can really persuasively prove this compliance to regulators and to lawmakers and and that they've established credibility with these decision makers to kind of avoid trouble in the first place. What are some of the oversight and compliance hurdles that are being put in place by Congress and regulators under the stimulus packages that we've been seeing? To give you an idea, there's certainly public reporting and disclosure. There's congressional oversight, pretty significant congressional oversight. And there's also agency oversight with multiple sets of inspector generals. So, you know, with respect to the public reporting of of loan acceptance, public companies are going to make SEC filings. As I mentioned earlier, there could be Freedom of Information Act requests as well as employer identification number identification. And along with that public reporting comes the potential for embarrassment or allegedly well-capitalized or unneedy recipients being pressured to, to return the loans or other financing they've received. On the congressional side, there is actually a Congressional Oversight Commission created under the CARES Act. It's actually modeled on the TARP Congressional Oversight Commission that really brought Elizabeth Warren, senator from Massachusetts, kind of to the public forefront. It was kind of her, her coming out party as a public figure. And interestingly, uh, one of the leads of this new Congressional Commission is actually one of Warren's top staffers in her Senate office and on her campaign. So we could definitely see that Congressional Oversight Commission, which is overseeing Treasury and the Federal Reserve's economic relief activities, including those loans to midsize and big businesses, be a pretty significant forum for scrutiny of of both companies and and the Trump administration. Additionally, um, Speaker Pelosi created a Congressional Select Committee on, on the Coronavirus Response via legislation last week. That special subcommittee is going to be chaired by Representative Jim Clyburn, who's a member of Democratic leadership, uh, and it's pe- part of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. And then, and then finally, on the congressional side, the Government Accountability Office, which is Congress's audit and investigative arm, it's a very well-respected agency and Agencies almost always respond to their audits rather than stonewall them, as we've seen with the Trump administration and other types of scenarios. Um, the CARES Act requires GAO reports on loans and loan guarantees by the end of this year. And there's a possibility that, that certain loans will be scrutinized for whether they were legally permissible or whether they perhaps involved some sort of conflict of interest or other corruption or misconduct. And then finally, there's going to be a lot of agency oversight. Um, there's a special inspector general for the pandemic recovery, so-called SIGPER, which has been created under the CARES Act that that person will conduct audits of Treasury Department investments, including loans. Again, there's a special pandemic response accountability committee, uh, which is basically a, a committee of agency inspector generals who are going to conduct oversight and audits of the federal government's broader response. And then each of the individual agency inspector generals will also be conducting their own audits and investigations of how agencies are spending, again, these trillions of dollars of funds. And there was $253 million dedicated to Inspector General oversight in the CARES Act. So there's just going to be a whole lot of oversight of of, uh, both the administration's activities as well as uh, how companies are uh, applying for and ultimately spending all those federal funds. Well, wow, that's a pretty long list, Craig. Um, it's probably going to be pretty hard for these regulators to avoid stepping on each other's toes during this process. Um, do you have any specific recommendations for helping people prepare for, for this? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have several items that, that I think companies should be looking out for as they're 
responding to this. So first of all, these loans or grants involve involve a number of self-certification. And so when you're self-certifying, you really should ensure that you're following the terms of the application really to the letter of the law. Although your company might really be able to, to use this financial assistance, the downside risk, which includes public shaming and then all this congressional agency or law enforcement oversight, really, really is substantial if, if there's any hint that the funding shouldn't be going to you. So that, that's really the first piece of advice, which is really make sure you're, you're following the law and, and applying for this funding. Secondly, you really need to make sure you have a compliance management plan in place to help you live up to your legal obligations throughout the term of the financing that you've received if, if you are fortunate enough to, to receive federal funding. Third, we'd recommend developing a crisis management plan for dealing with any sort of congressional or inspector general investigation. That plan should address both the investigations themselves as well as the public communications you may need to make. Well, one thing that we often do when we're representing companies is we retain crisis communications, public relations experts on behalf of the clients to ensure that the legal government relations and the public relations are all aligned. And, and the, the benefit of doing it that way is that if the law firm retains the crisis communication firm, then the communications with, with that firm are subject to attorney-client privilege. Fourth, we would re- really recommend that you hire representation in Washington if you're going to take federal funding. And that, you know that those, those lawyers and lobbyists can really help you make inroads with natural allies on Capitol Hill, which could be your company's local member of Congress, or it could be congressional committee staff that have an interest in supporting your business's activities. You really want to have these allies in place if there's trouble emanating from, from Washington. Those folks will not be there to help you if you go to them for the first time asking them to save your bacon. You need to have those relationships in place before trouble hits. Fifth, if you're company is subject to some sort of investigation or some sort of oversight activity, call upon knowledgeable lawyers and lawyer lobbyists who can help you pull together all the pieces of the puzzle so that you can focus on your business and so that you can respond in the most effective manner. Thank you, Craig, for your great insights. Um, I've really learned a lot uh, speaking with you today. Uh, It's been been terrific. It's been a pleasure, Joel. Thanks so much for having me. I know a lot of people today want to know How do we overcome this insurmountable pandemic, which has no end in sight? We just need to look to this week in history for some inspiration. The world witnessed the end of Nazism and fascism with the deaths of Mussolini and Hitler on April 28th and 30th in 1945. And 45 years later, those two days bookended the beginning of the end of the Berlin Wall on April 29th, 1990. Today, with the weapons of science, medicine, and social distancing, we can unite to beat the current crisis and look ahead to brighter days. To all of you tuning in, thank you for listening to Pillsbury's Industry Insights Podcast.